0: And we welcome you in episode eight of the best podcast available, presented by our great friends at Key Private Bank. Just a reminder, Key Private Bank is at the forefront of helping affluent families take a comprehensive approach to building, managing, and protecting their wealth in any market environment through objective advice and personalized solutions. And we thank them for their partnership. Uh, Andrew Gribble. Alongside Jason Gibbs coming up on the program today, Lance Zerline from NFL Network and NFL.com draft analyst out with his latest mock draft. He'll join us. Our own mock draft 2.0s are officially out and Zaguro will join us at the end of the program. Gribbs says we take a look at the hit list. It's all about the pro days and this seems to be the bulk of the pro days this week. You have Ohio state, you have Alabama, you have Notre Dame, you've got Florida. You've got it. it j- if it's a big program, they're more than likely having their pro day this week. And based on all the numbers coming out, it's the greatest draft class ever. Gribble.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those things. That I think I talked about in CBD earlier this week. I mean, it's the pro days took on more importance, which is interesting because we've been operating over the last few years that Don't take too much out of pro days. Pro days don't mean that much. They're just showcases to make these guys look as great as they possibly can. And But now all of a sudden we have no other choice but to treat them as great, even though they remain showcases where these guys can look as as great as they possibly can. And we're seeing a lot of these numbers, the 40 times uh, other stuff that is official slash unofficial. it, it, It would be the best way to describe it. Uh, so it it seems like a lot of great times, a lot of great measurements, things like that. And it is, it is worth noting too, that I think you're seeing a lot of better times, better measurements, things like that than you would at the combine. Maybe it's because these guys have had an extra month to get ready for this kind of stuff that you're seeing guys that are healthier. Uh, they've had more time to train. Uh, I think that can play into a lot of this stuff where really you're just training for the certain events and will never have to do it again for the rest of your life. So I think that is playing into it as well. But it just seems like every day I'm, I'm pulling up Twitter and seeing numbers from players that have been linked to the Browns and everyone being like, well, it doesn't look like the Browns are going to get them at 26 anymore because they're clearly going to go higher in the draft. And at some point you're just going to run out of spots and, and there's going to be a good player that falls to the Browns. It's just a matter of how much these teams really take these into account, what's happening in these virtual meetings that we're just not seeing, not, not really even – hearing about, we're not hearing about team visits with players, things like that, because they're not happening. So just in the dark, but but right now we're just under assumption all these guys are great right now, which, again, they're all good players. So I think we'll we'll just end up seeing once it comes down to, to April 29th.
0: Is there one pro day that if you were going to watch an entire pro day that you would want to check out?
1: Yeah, I think it, it happened earlier this week with Miami. I, I think that the, there's two players that are – constantly being linked to the Browns and they both are pass rushers. I think that's the, the, the position many believe is the top need for this team going into the draft. So uh, Jalen Phillips is a player who played last year, uh, who had a great pro day. Uh, He ran a four point five six forty at 260 pounds. I mean, that's just, that's really good. Uh, Super athletic guy Uh, and an interesting backstory that he's got some, some medicals that they're going to have to check on. And also he played at UCLA transferred, Uh, briefly retired and then kind of revived his career at Miami. So he's a, he's a guy that's coming in hot into this draft after a really good 2020 season. And then on the flip side, there's Gregory Rousseau who didn't play in 2020 uh, who had an awesome 2019 season when he declared that he was opting out for the draft. Many people thought, Oh, this is a lock for a top 15 pick. And as we're seeing, unless you're Jamar chase or Penny Sewell, I mean, your stock, it seems, it may not happen, but it seems like these guys are falling a little bit simply because they didn't play last year. I think that was the 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 risk, the calculated risk that they took, and weighing in COVID and making a personal decision. So players like that, like a Caleb Farley, he it's he didn't play last year. It seems like he's kind of drifting downward. Micah Parsons, another one from Penn State, he's drift, seems like he's drifting downward. And a player like Rousseau, if he drifts down to number 26, that, that's that's huge for the Browns because as at his pro day he looked the part. Uh, of, of a great kind of pass rusher, he's a little bit bigger than Jalen Phillips. He's 6'6", 266, ran a four six eight forty, which is really really good, uh, and 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 just kind of another athletic kind of guy who can who can help you out at those pass rusher positions. So uh, Miami Pro Day was was a big one, I, I think, with the Browns, and, and we'll see if either of those guys are even on the board when the Browns are on the clock at twenty six.
0: All right, you got the big pie chart. How much of it? What percentage? Are you basing your, who you're picking if you're an NFL GM on pro days versus tape? Even if the tape is two years old because you had a guy that didn't play last year.
1: Well, I, I think it basically – it's hard to put a percentage on it because I think a pro day is supposed to be like a cross check. It's not, I don't even know if it gets its own category typically because if what you're seeing at the pro day doesn't match what you see on the film – in a good way or a bad way, it just leads to more questions. And, and, and I guess if the pro day is really good and is better than what you saw on tape, then you start digging into, why weren't you this good when you played? Or why don't you play that fast? Or why don't you do this? Like, and it can help and you can look for more reasons, but I still think it is just a cross-check on all the work that has been, doing, been going on uh, behind the scenes. It's mostly, I think, again, for the medicals. I mean, making sure these guys are healthy, uh, just getting them in the best possible shape of their career. And I think, again, it, it's, it's – oh, as, as much as we don't, like, put gospel on these 40 times bench press, I think there is something to it where it's like if you know an exam is coming five months in advance and you show up and you don't do well on it, even if that doesn't matter with how you're going to play – it just maybe that tells you something about the player's ability to, to prepare for something. I, I think that's, that's where I've always put value in the combine. It's not necessarily, I think this guy's slow or I think this guy is not as athletic as I thought he was. I just more think of it, did this guy work for the last three months the way he should have? Or are they just not as, are they, did, did they not prepare themselves for this? And I think for most of these guys, especially the first round guys, they're paying enough money to be prepared. For for these kind of events. I mean, that this is there there are people whose jobs it is to simply train these guys for this moment. And I, I think a lot of those guys showed that they were ready for it.
0: All right. Uh, Nathan Zagir will join us coming up here in just a few minutes as he, Gribble, and I go over our mock draft 2.0s, picks 19 through 32. Lance Zerline will join us here in just a second. But before we get to Lance Gribbs, I do have to ask because Last Friday was an absolute crazy day around the NFL. And it's nice as a Browns fan to watch all the chaos unfold in the top 10 and quarterback wise, who, who might go where, but what a, just a, just a day, I I mean, between the Dolphins and the 49ers and then the Dolphins moving back up and the Eagles moving back a lot of draft picks, trading hands a lot of different things happening. And, you know, the 49ers now with the number three pick in the draft.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's all about the chain reaction when it comes back to the Browns. And I, I think that the, it's interesting because you maybe not, you might've thought the 49ers were interested in changing things up at quarterback, but now with that move, they signal that they're very much in it. And now they are, it's like a game of musical chairs. They're taking a spot of someone who might've thought they were going to get one of these five quarterbacks, but then on the flip side, they have a quarterback now who might be an upgrade for another team's quarterback situation in Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's just going to be interesting to see where this all settles. I just, there's two things I, I don't agree with or think is, are true. One, they didn't make this move up to number three to draft a player anything other than the quarterback. I mean, that's, that's just, it's, that's silly to think that. And two, I just don't see how you bring that quarterback into camp while also having Jimmy Garoppolo on your team. I think we've just – I don't know if Jimmy – Jimmy G is not in the stage of his career where he should be looked on as a mentor. I mean, this guy's got a lot of football to play. Uh, and I, so I, I, and I, I think he's – I think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than someone that should be competing for a job. And, you know, I think he's, he, he could help out a lot of teams, namely the team he just came from, the New England Patriots. I think he would be uh, a, an instant starter there. I mean, so it, it, it's – there's just a lot more moves to be made, including Sam Darnold. Where does he go with the Jets? I mean, there's just a lot of movement, and I think it all bodes well for the Browns because that just means more offensive players are getting taken in the top half of the draft, freeing up more defensive players for the bottom part.
0: Amen to that. Just keep letting them all fall down to pick number 26. We'll take uh, all the options that we can get just four weeks from today, NFL draft here in Cleveland. That's a look at the the stories making news across the NFL this week, as we get ready for the draft and inch our way closer Zagura girl will join us coming up in just a few minutes right now, though, it's our chat with Lance Zerline NFL draft analyst guy is very, very good at what he does. His latest mock draft is out. Also want to talk to him about Jedrick Wills because he was all over the five offensive linemen last year uh, and the five tackles that went in the top 12 of the NFL draft. And, would like to get his thoughts on the play of our rookie left tackle, have a watch and have a listen on the best podcast available presented by our great friends at key private bank. Happy to be joined by NFL network analyst, Lance Zerline for a few minutes of his time and Lance appreciate it. Uh, it's a different year pick 26 for these uh, Cleveland Browns, but uh, you know, never a dull moment with the draft. And it's been a crazy week with everything that's gone on in the top 10 and Frankly, for the Browns, it's been nice to sit back and watch all of this unfold. What do you make of everything that's gone on here in the past week, as it pertains to draft positioning and jockeying?
2: Yeah, it happens. Uh, it happens every year at about this time. The pro days start to shake people up. Um, it doesn't change a lot of what I do, honestly, because I, you know, I watch all these guys. I grade them. I put the time in, and so a lot of this is not uh, new to me. The Kyle Pitts being that high is not new to me jamar chase's work i mean these were all kind of known factors uh now the mac jones (laughs) certainly if mac jones ends up up going three in a trade-up scenario that's that's pretty shocking um but you know it's it's interesting because the pro day just kind of hyper focuses a lot of the national people onto names they haven't had inside their top 10 and so what happens is the national narrative changes in Sway. So I'm kind of outside of that a little bit just because I'm kind of in my little room grinding on tape and putting my grades in and talking to teams. And so it doesn't change as much for me, but I do certainly recognize, especially as someone who does sports talk show, that it really changes a lot of the national talking points, which in turn is huge in terms of fan bases, reacclimating themselves with new names for their teams.
1: Lance, this is shaping up to be a lot of offensive players in the first half of this first round. What, what type of quality defensive players are you seeing in the range where the Browns are at at number 26?
2: Well, um, that's a good question because every, every year you kind of have different, like I can tell you where the, the pass catchers are going to go, where the quarterbacks going to go, when the cornerbacks should start coming off the board, where the tackles will go. And I really do feel like kind of defensive ends, for example, which is a Browns need. I think those guys aren't going to start going really until on the earlier side, the mid-first round all the way to the back half of the first. So in terms of needing um, DN, that's pretty good. And frankly, needing cornerback, I think that's a little bit of a wild card because if offensive tackles get pushed ahead of cornerback and now that you have Caleb Farley who's going to fall in the draft because of some medical concerns, (laughs) it really could alter the way that corners go. I think J.C. Horn from South Carolina is going to get – pushed up that after his monster workout so I do expect you know two corners to be off the board <clears throat> by the 15th pick I think two of them should be off the board for sure the top two Caleb Farley if he falls I think it, it will be interesting because I could see him falling uh in the Cleveland Browns lap if they wanted but that's all gonna you know if he's falling, it's because there's a concern around the league about a guy who has two back issues uh, has had a back issue twice one of them that required a surgery that he's having now and you know expected to be ready for camp is what we're told he's had an ACL in his past he didn't play in 2020 because uh, he was an opt-out so I think there's a, a big concern but you could have a talented big fast athletic cornerback fall to the brown spot uh, and Greg Newsom, who I think is a very talented uh, fringe of the first type cornerback uh, potentially land at that spot too so The two big needs that I have for the Browns, which is corner and DN, it actually could match up fairly well for them at that particular spot. And certainly, um, you know, the the Browns certainly have the opportunity to move up a couple slots if they need to. But if you're looking for a DN that you want to swing the bat with, I think one will probably fall to 26 that has some upside.
0: Talking with Lance Zerline, NFL analyst for NFL Network and NFL.com. Make sure to check out all of his draft profiles. He spent a lot of time and there's a lot of good information on it at NFL.com. Lance, defensive end corner, we were just discussing a little bit which position maybe has a little more depth and a little more talent where if the Browns wanted to wait till the second round or even the third round to get a player in one of those positions – it, it, which one can they wait on?
2: Well, quarterback is the one where you wait and That's pretty much always going to be the case. It's just, you know, you just don't have as many um, pass rushers off the edge uh, in this year's draft or in years past. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a talented uh, uh, um, defensive end who tore up his uh, Achilles. I think it's an Achilles out of Vanderbilt. Who's going to fall in the draft who I thought had second round, Potential, but if you really, if you wanted to even trade back, there's a guy like Boogie Basham coming out of Wake Forest who you could draft the 26th, for you could even move out of the first round if someone came up there. You would have an opportunity, I think, to look at a defensive end like Boogie Basham, uh, potentially like Gregory Rousseau if Gregory Rousseau were to fall as a defensive end. Uh, that that's going to be another guy that could be available. Maybe chasing Oway out of Penn State if he were to fall. Now his his workout was so – it was such a freak show workout that, I mean, I think you'd be crazy not to take him in the first. But he also had zero sacks this year. So you can't just – you know, it, it's not easy to get away from that. Uh, Jalen Phillips could still be there. So I do think if you are interested in defensive end, I think in the in the early second round, if you wanted to trade back, that could be where you waited. But anything beyond that, you're looking at cornerback. Then you have to go corner if you want to wait until standard – Second round pick or standard third round pick, then it becomes cornerback and it, and it, and and DN uh, to me is is uh, uh, is going to be a big drop down.
1: Lance, you, you mentioned Jalen Phillips. I'm just wondering, you had them him mocked to the Browns at number 26 in your most recent mock draft. What do you like about his game, and what what maybe does he still need to work on? And what are some questions about him?
2: Well, he's so the questions are <clears throat> going to be um, there is some concern about football character. Um, there there have been some off the field uh questions about character that I've heard from some teams, which, you know, could cause him to fall just a little bit. There have been injuries left and right on him when he was at UCLA. Um, he quit football basically. Thought he was gonna after he had a concussion and a wrist injury, he just said he was done with it. He he just didn't want to deal with football anymore. And then he he got his love back, went to Miami. Now, in terms of what he does, he's a very athletic big man. He is Guys who are his size do not typically have the type of bend and quickness and spin moves and things like that, that he has. So I think that's where he really shines is he's a big athletic rusher that can play outside, or you could even, I think, reduce down in certain fronts uh, once he gets a little, a little stronger in terms of what he needs to work on. I think the run defense is something he needs to work on setting the edge. uh, And he's got the link for that, but setting the edge, taking control of the point of attack and then holding up against the big bullies that he'll see in the NFL. So I think, you know, from a run standpoint, that's what he needs to work on Uh, from a pass rush standpoint, that's going to be his
0: strengths. Lance, what about the wide receiver position? I mean, it's a loaded class. It's been a couple of years since we've had such a loaded class, but stacked really uh, how deep into this draft can you get basically to get a guy that, could be a playmaker for your team here in 2021 oh man I think if you're smart I mean you can I think you can get playmakers
2: potentially in anywhere from rounds three to five Um, more than likely three and four is about as deep as you want to probably go Um, and it also depends on what your definition of playmaker is going to be is it a guy who can hit some big plays for you or, or how much of the heavy lifting do you want him to 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 really um take part in there's guys like anthony schwartz who i thought was uh he doesn't have great hands but he's got track speed he's in the 4-2 range and he's got that kind of take the the top off the defense uh speed that can really alter how a team plays you and can open up the running game even more so that's a guy who i think will be around in third fourth round and and he be like i said he just doesn't have great hands i think you can find a um a, a, a playmaker, a bigger playmaker like Jacob Harris. He's six foot five, 225 pounds, and the guy runs in the low four fours. And once again, he's one of those guys who's a little raw out of Central Florida, but he's got a lot of talent. Dwayne Eskridge, he's five foot nine, but he's going to run into four threes, and he has dynamic playmaking talent in probably the third round. Diami Brown from North Carolina is probably a second rounder, six two, 185 another one of those low 4-4 four, four guys with big game uh, production and, and potential. So I think if you're looking for a, a home run hitter, a guy who can get the chunk plays for you, you can go find those guys in rounds three, four, and potentially five. There's just a difference between guys who are game ready and guys who are a little bit more developmental. Uh, but now there are guys with more and more, and especially this draft, there are big, fast guys. Like it's not just five nine, five eight, five ten guys. We're talking about six-foot-plus guys. We're running in the low four fours and into the four threes so that's something that's kind of unique for this draft
1: Lance how much value is there in a couple players who opted out last season with Mike Parsons Gregory Rousseau because it seems like early on they were projected as top 15 picks but now they appear to be in the Browns range
2: yeah Rousseau is one that honestly uh you hey, look, Michael Parsons is going to go. The only reason Michael Parsons slips is because his, of his involvement with a hazing incident, and, and he's got maybe a little too much edge for some teams. That's the concern for him. From a football standpoint, there's no reason for him to fall. But if he does fall, he's not. I don't think he's going to fall out of the first round. Gregory Rousseau is different. Gregory Rousseau, to me, was a little bit of media hype. Uh, when I turned the tape on. I was all excited to watch him. And, like, most of his sacks came from – the nose position. I mean, this is a guy who's six, seven, about 250 pounds at the time on tape. They would put him over the nose and then he was too quick for some of the centers and he was twisting and moving, you know, and there was secondary sacks where his, where the rush didn't get there, but then the quarterback scrambled and he chased them down and got sacks. I didn't think it was necessarily a translatable production, even though his production looked great. And I really wondered how much juice he had off the edge as a, as a speed rusher, because I didn't see him get one sack around the edge where he beat his guy. And then he goes to his workout and and his workout is fine. But I talked to a couple of scouts who were in attendance who said he just looked a little stiff. And I think what you're going to see is he's played one year of defensive line. He one year of tape. He was a former wide receiver. That's an opt out that really, you know, it's left a lot of questions. There's no real questions with Micah Parsons from a football standpoint. There are questions with Gregory Rousseau about, hey, we got one year take. The guy opted out. He's only played one year of defensive end and the production looks great, but it's not really the production we're going to see at the NFL level. Like that's not how he's going to get his sacks. So you're left with a ton of question marks with Gregory Rousseau. And I think that's one of the reasons now is teams don't like to do They like to do as little projecting as possible when they're dealing with first-round picks, and he's a lot of projection.
0: Lance, appreciate the time. Before we let you go, I know last year you were our aficionado when it came to tackles, uh, Mm -hmm. especially the left tackle position, and we ended up taking a right tackle in Jedrick Wills, converting him to left (laughs) tackle. He had a pretty impressive year. Your your thoughts uh, and takeaways on Jed Wills after a rookie year here?
2: Yeah, I, I think he's the best tackle in the draft class. Um, with all due respect to Tristan Wirfs, who played great, I think Will's moving from right to left is is very, very impressive. And I, I was I was pleased with what I saw from him. I thought that he did a really nice job of of in the run game and pass blocking. I mean, he wasn't perfect. He still got some room for improvement. But I, I, my takeaway was that the Browns made the right pick and they were lucky that he fell to them where he did, because they're going to be very happy for a long time.
0: Thanks to Lance Zerline NFL draft analyst at the NFL network and NFL.com for his time. Great insight into this year's draft. Now just a few short weeks away on the shores of Lake Erie sooner rather than later. We go now to another celebrity, Nathan Zagura. Clooney joins us for yet another week. I see you. It's a, Social distance, through the wall, through the glass. Yes, you're in one room. I'm in another room. Gribble in his palatial estate, and guys, mock draft 2.0. Gribble, assign us the task and the duty of coming up with
3: mock draft 2.0. Here's the best I part. You said of sinus, it. like we were going to talk about a sinus infection, right there for well, a second. Sinus. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? No, it's just I, it was Did great. a little
0: funky. It was great. No, no. Yeah, it's you'll great. have that. Mock draft 2.0. Now, there was a text message between two out of the three people on this group about mock draft 2.0. I was not on that text. Bad for you. I took 90 minutes to put together one through
3: 32. Not me. Not me. I told told you after
1: the last one. If you had looked at the article and how we formatted it, we went 20, uh, 19 to 32 curse word apologies i already but i already apologized the first time for making you go that long even though i didn't use it.
3: i did it again i overachieved gribs yeah, thank you welcome. for thank you though for the direct text message to me uh letting me know because i appreciated it and i followed the assignment perfectly in fact originally it was 20 to 32 said so actually let's do 19 to 32 said so that's no problem that's no problem thanks for letting like me know. why the 19 gribble
0: that's the playoff teams okay all right playoff teams I, I like it i like it that's why Gribble is a, where he it's is. It's a new,
1: a new right. era of Browns football coverage here. We're just talking talking about playoff teams. Let the other teams figure out their, their situation. The Browns will work
3: on their own. They they paid paid the I, I don't remember the Bears being in the playoffs. Is that sad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It was memorable. Let's,
0: let's get down to it. The Browns at pick 26 as I take a look at all three of these. Gribble, who did you take at pick number 26 and why? So
1: we're going to file this under wishful thinking, which I think all of us are, because I just Same. don't think we know how to project the the number 26 pick, but I went with defensive end Gregory Rousseau of Miami, who he was maybe one of the most prominent players early on to opt out for the 2020 season, because he was fantastic in 2019, put up huge numbers, uh, tons of sacks, but it, it, it's, it, I, I'm starting to wonder, and you look at these mock drafts, you you look at what's happening with Micah Parsons and some of these other players who opted out. It's It's like, they're not as interesting to folks anymore. And they're, they're slipping a little bit in the mock drafts. And, and just for an example of kind of the, the, the range I'm seeing in mock drafts, you know, cbssports.com does a great job with basically everyone on their payroll doing mock drafts. Uh, and, and he, Gregory Rousseau is ranked as high as number 11 in someone's mock draft. And in others, he's not even in the first round. So it, it's, it's, he is truly all over the map. He had a teammate at Miami who had a great year in Jalen Phillips, who maybe is getting a lot more attention than even he is at this point. And I look at the Browns' needs at pass rusher, and I consider it a, a big one. And I think a player like Rousseau could grow into a great role with the team and, and may not have the urgency to contribute right away. So checks all the boxes. I hope he's there at number 26.
0: That would be a nice option to have for Andrew Barry and company. girl? who did you take at pick twenty-six?
3: Well, uh, in my first mock, I had Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa as kind of that safety hybrid linebacker. And now with the signing of John Johnson, I think that, that that's off the table. So I shifted my focus. And I think the two areas you could go would be defensive end, as Gribbs did, um, or corner. And so I went corner with J.C. Horn. And I think this is definitely wishful thinking uh, that he would be there at 26. It seems that especially with the, the injury to Caleb Farley, who is many people's – the number one corner but the back injury is causing him to fall down a little bit horn goes sometimes i've seen him in the 20s which is why i made this reasonable but sometimes he goes 16 to arizona seems to be a match that they like for him Uh, but basically what i just said is look i still think there's some real smoke to this clowny thing i I think there's actually fire to jadavian Clowney potentially becoming a cleveland brown so with that in mind corner is is probably the biggest need and i think without Clowney, you can make the case the corner defensive end are are one two and i wouldn't argue if anybody said defensive end is more the need or corner but i'm going to focus on corner here i i think you need more corners than we have right now i want to say that you know denzel's going to put in a 16 game season i want to say greedy's going to come back after the year off and show and improve upon what we saw as a rookie but we're all about competition. We're all about defensive backs. That's what Joe Woods knows. That's what he loves. They help the guys up front get to the quarterback. And so J.C. Horn is big, long, athletic. He's got great ball skills. He is feisty. He's a, he's a guy who takes some calculated risks and it usually pays off for him. So I think directionally adding another corner is going to be high on the priority. And so, look, will Horn be there? I don't know. But if Caleb Farley falls, that's a guy that you can wait for him to be ready because of the guys that you already have here. And he could end up being a total steal. You know, this is an excellent corner draft, especially down here where we are, because you've got Farley, you've got JC Horn. I think Patrick Sertain, the second will be off the board for sure. But Greg Newsom out of Northwestern, you got Tyson Campbell, Elijah Molden, Asante Samuel Jr. There are a lot of corners that people like in that late first round, you know, early second area. And the Browns have an opportunity, I think, to either stay there at 26 and pick one, maybe even move back and get one, or, or if they love one, like Farley's there and some of the guys go, as we talked about earlier today, uh, Gibbe is maybe they move up a little bit. We have nine picks. We're not picking nine players. So I think we have some flexibility here to go after we want. But, you know, if whether it's a Rousseau or whether it's a Jason Oway or whether it's a Jalen Phillips or what's one of these corners, I think the Browns in in great shape either way.
0: I ended up going with uh, Jason Owa from uh, Penn State, the edge rusher. I just think that there's going to be a run on corners. Everybody seems to be moving up a little bit. Newsom's stock is rising. Uh, I just feel like those top four or five guys are going to be off the board. And then maybe that pushes one of these defensive ends down. And that's how I ended up taking oh Again, corner defensive end, 1A, 1B, flip-flop them, do whatever you want. Those are the two biggest needs for this team still going into the draft and you can come out of the first round with one of those two positions i I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing um when you take a look at your mocks and again 19 through 32 obviously the Steelers are right in front of us at 24 the ravens right after us at pick number 27 and zagar i'll start with you who did you have uh, the two afc
3: north rivals going after Uh, The Steelers taking uh, offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. And really, I just think you look at what their biggest need is. Uh, It could be a pass rusher. Their team, I think that could take one of these edge guys, but I also think their biggest need is on the offensive line. Pouncey retired Villanueva as a free agent. So I went with an offensive lineman there and it could end up being Landon Dickerson who we saw doing cartwheels and Mac Jones's pro day uh, to replace Pouncey and, and step right in at center. And then for the Ravens, I went back and forth. I think that if Aziz Ojalari were still on the board, I have him going a little bit earlier. If he were still on the board, that would be a great fit for a Ravens team that lost, you know, their their top pass rushers. Uh, but I gave them Terrence Marshall from LSU. I know they signed Sammy Watkins, but I think they know they need to get better at receiver. I kind of would be happy if they drafted a receiver in the first round, because I just don't think there's enough football for Hollywood Brown and Terrence Marshall and Mark Andrews is not enough throwing there. So I think that would be, I would like that pick uh, for the Ravens. Grubel.
1: So for the Steelers, I went with a name that's been popular with Browns fans and with mock draft people predicting what the Browns are going to do. And I went with linebacker Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. Uh, I think that the, you saw, obviously, Bud Dupree's gone and also under the radar a little bit, but Vince Williams was released by the Steelers as well. I, I think that they have a need at that position. And and I, I just don't know if the if they just want to go plug and play with that left tackle uh, right away uh, in round one. We'll see. But they, they definitely have a need at that tackle position as well. So wouldn't surprise me either way. And then with the Ravens, I went with another name that had been common with the Browns, but is no longer. Uh, and that's safety Trevon Morig out of TCU. I, I just think he looks to me, and this is this this is when you know you've reached it as a, as, a, as a team he looks like a guy that could play for the ravens just the, the safety that is going to be a pain in your butt for the next 10 years and i think he's the the best in the draft uh at the position and he he's someone that that looks like he could fit their defense and i, I think that for them the ravens at like like Nathan said I, the, the wide receiver you wonder could they really force someone in and, and get much out of them this year i i think that if they're looking for someone that's going to make an impact this year it, it could be a safety.
0: Yeah, I, I think both the Ravens and the Steelers, they've got glaring needs on both sides of the football, like that. Yeah. And uh, you could see them – the Steelers could go offensive line, they could go linebacker. And it would not surprise me if the Ravens went defense. I, would, Again, I'm with Zagura. I would love it if they went offense and they went wide receiver because, again, I, I just – you're going to need someone to get the ball to them, and I don't know how many times a game you're actually going to throw the football. So – uh, something to watch here in the coming weeks. All right. Was there a guy, as you were putting this mock together, that you said, and Gribble, I'll start with you on this one, where maybe at pick number 22, 23, right in front of Pittsburgh, you said, maybe the Browns, I could see the Browns moving up. And, and for the most part, we've talked about them either staying, standing pat or moving out of the first round. But is there a guy that as you put this together, you thought to yourself, yeah, the Browns could move up ahead of Pittsburgh maybe to take this guy.
1: Well, there's, there isn't someone in the, the the 19 to 32 that I included that I could see maybe the Browns making a, a move up for, but I, I, I'm I'm maybe a little bit less optimistic about the Nathan with JC Horn making it down to, to 26. And he, he's a cornerback of the caliber that I if, if you're trying to make a move up to get better at that position, either him or someone like Greg Newsom out of Northwestern, it's not a guarantee he's going to make it to 26 either. He looks like – I had him in my mock draft going to the Colts just because it looks like a guy that the Colts would draft to play corner. for Taller guy, that smart guy that can play. I mean, it just fits what you think what the Colts have been, have been doing on defense for these last few years. So those two corners, I, I thought to myself, if the Rounds make a move up, I would think you're making a move up for a corner, not necessarily a pass rusher because it seems like there is – a handful of passwords that can make it down to 26.
3: Yeah, I agree. And I was thinking corner, you know, I think you need to get ahead of the Steelers. I think you can't rule out them taking a corner. They kept Joe Hayden, but they let Mike Hilton go and Steven Nelson go. I think that, you know, Everybody, you mentioned a good point with the Colts. The Titans let Malcolm Butler go. They could be interested in a corner, although they a lot of people think they're going defensive end. The Bears let Fuller go. Maybe they want to replace him in the draft with a corner. I think if you are going for a corner, you are going to have to get up into the teens. I think that that's probably the way that it would go. And and I think that is the only thing the Browns would. If for example, you know Sertain goes at ten, you've got you know J.C. Horn goes sixteen and we love newsome or we love caleb farley maybe one of them goes i could see us trying to get to 18 or try to trade with washington get to 19 and say let's get up there let's get our guy that we have you know three or four in this tier these are the ones we want let's go get them and secure but i agree i think if there is a trade out for the browns it would be for a a cornerback rather than probably an edge rusher
0: is farley worth trading up for like Giving up a, a sizable amount, knowing the injury situation, how far
3: up are you willing to go? Whatever, if you like him, and your evaluation is that he's great, and you're not worried, your medical team's not concerned about the injury, because my understanding of it, and Gribbs, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't done that much research on it, but is that this isn't a necessarily a long term or a career altering type of an injury? It's just he wasn't able to work out at his pro day with this back injury. You know, pro football focus has him as the number one corner on the board. Mel Kuyper's guy, we just did the top 10s on Browns daily. He's got him as the number one corner on the board. There are a lot of people that have Farley as the top corner in this draft. So if you like him that much, you know, I think you can go get him. And remember when you're moving where we're, what we're talking about, you know, 26 to 18, it's not costing you future ones or any of those things. So you definitely can make moves like that if it's if it's necessary to do so and i could see the browns you know being interested in that it just depends on their evaluation of them and the medicals but whether that i think you could put in any name whether that's farley whether that's jc horn who could be potentially on the board at that point you know whether it's Newsom, if they've decided they really like him his comps marcus peters and he's been a great player in this league so i think there are a lot of a lot of options out there obviously Gribbs, your thoughts on that
1: you know i just think that it's it's again it for me it's almost all about the medicals i mean that's that's what's what it's going to come down to you don't make a trade up in a draft if if what you get back is you know a little bit of uh, i don't know about that i mean that's 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 where when you look at guys with medicals it's where you it's you you pick them at spots where the risk is worth it you saw it with where the jaguars got a guy like miles jack uh, a couple years ago jalen smith with the cowboys players like that so trading up to, with a guy with medical questions, it, it's got to get the full sign off for, for medical for me to be uh, all about it because you just don't want it to be something that just lingers and, and is always a problem because, as we know, corner is a position where these guys get hurt a lot anyways. I mean, the the moment you have something tweaked with your hamstring, ankle, anything, and you're not at 100%, it's not an injury that you can really gut through. It's not a position where you can gut through injuries because if you're slower, you're going to get beat. So I, I think that uh, I, I would just need the medical clearance to to – before I can make a decision on that.
0: All right. Any surprise either when you were putting this together, biggest surprise, or is there a name that you left out that you went back and you said, boy, that guy had picked 33 or in the first couple of picks of that second round would look
3: mighty nice. I, I don't know for me, if there was anybody that was necessarily a huge surprise, I think that it's kind of the, the usual suspects. I do know that, you know, because I don't have a full firm understanding of necessarily the Zayvon Collins I he's not in my 19 to 32 but maybe he went at 18 I what's to say we only did 19 to 32 that he's not there but I think that there are immensely talented and I think we know this the running backs for example I don't have any of them in the first round and so I think a team that wants a Travis Etienne or a Najee Harris those are guys are going to be studs but you know do you take them in the first round and I try to fit one of them in late, maybe to the Bills would be a team that could be interested in a running back. Um, but for the most part, I felt, you know, there, there are going to be talented running backs available early in the second round. They're going to be very good receivers. There's still going to be good corners. And maybe some of these pass rushers are even going to make it down there. So running backs, probably the biggest names in terms of overall talent. It's just a matter you know, they're unfortunately for them, they play running back. So I don't know where they they slot in groups.
1: Yeah, in general, I'm having a tough time with a couple of these guys who opted out last year.
3: And I, I think that
1: uh, one of them being the guy I put to the Browns at 26 Rousseau, so, And then the other one who I realized I didn't even have in my 19 at 32 was Micah Parsons from Penn State, who as recently as the mock dress I was just looking at, someone hasn't gone to the Browns at number 26. I mean, there, so he's someone that could be in the mix there. And then secondly, I'm having the trouble fitting all the pass rushers in. I, I got down to number 32. And I realized that I hadn't uh, put Jason away anywhere and hadn't put Quiddy pay anywhere. So if you look at mine, you could either assume that I think Quiddy pay is going to go one through 18 or not in the first round. So it's just, there are a lot of pass rushers and I know that it's not, there is no, not really an elite one, but there's just a lot that are kind of falling in the same area. And I, I do wonder because as much as teams want to say they, they don't draft for me, that you're just not going to see all these pass rushers go I just wonder if one of these guys or a couple of them slip into the second round, which I think would be a possibility.
0: All right, gentlemen, appreciate the efforts. And you can catch all of these mock drafts at clevelandbrowns.com dropping today, Mr. Gribble.
1: Yes. Thursday.
0: Yes. April Fool's Day, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. April Fool's Day. Uh, I want to thank Jeff McDaniel for all of his hard work. Make sure you log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe today to the best podcast available. You can also check us out on YouTube, youtube.com Browns. We are back with you next week. Bruce Feldman from The Athletic will join us uh, to talk about the draft. Now four weeks from today. So make sure you tune in. To that. For Nathan Zagura, thanks to him. Thanks to Lance Zerline from NFL.com for his time. And thanks to Andrew Gribble as always. I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available presented by Key Private Bank.